I grind for the love of the game. My takes are lukewarm. I grind for the love of the game because to the game I've been sworn. What's up? Happy wow. New Year. Modification. I love that. <laughs> I'm just trying to be honest with the listeners, you know. I don't I don't know how hot I'm coming, but I'm I'm, I'm sworn to the to the people. I'm sworn to the pod. So welcome back to Projecting the Jump. Happy 2023 everyone. Happy 2023, Natron Clean. Hey, happy new year. Appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh it's been a little bit of a of a minute. So yeah, I was just talking a little bit before we came on some some of these takes have evolved in ways I didn't expect. Um, during we we kind of started our research around Christmas time. We were supposed to record uh, on the twenty third of December, but I lost my voice it? for a couple of days, uh, which kind of put a kink in this whole thing. And so I I get I I tried to do a little test run at the house, and uh, I kind of looked like I told you I said it, it looked. I made PJ Carlos Carlissimo sound like he had a silky voice, so it, it wasn't going to be a pretty pod. So I think waiting, even though it kind of uh, changes our takes a little bit, is probably was the right move. I wonder if PJ Carlissimo and Latrell Sprewell have ever like had dinner, like broken bread, or if that's just you create a lifelong enemy when you choke a grown man and it becomes like a headline. You know, it's 1997. It's- yeah, but but like uh, Latrosby was pretty young at that point. I mean, right. um, you know, I don't know. I can think of I've been in fights with some of my best friends before. I don't know if you ever have. Um, I sucker punched uh, John Hurich, who's in our league one time. I can um, see that. Just, just pulled, just threw it as hard as he can, which was a bad move because he's sucker significantly. Punch. A uh, stronger person than I am, so. Uh, but uh, but it worked out. It, 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 it got broken up before anything too crazy <laughs> happens. I don't think I've ever sucker punched anyone. How long until like hand hit face did you know I'm going to sucker punch one of my best friends? Ah, right uh, stomach. I no, it was a stomach punch. Okay, that's better. Yeah, he was walking by to like give like one of those like hey it's all cool situations, and I was like yeah it's it's all good, like wham. <laughs> But then it then it escalated from there. So uh, yeah, well, <laughs> luckily sh- enough, people were there to break <laughs> it up. Shout out Jonathan Hillrich. You're you're a you're a, you're a bigger man than than the other of the podcast hosts today. Yes, uh. yeah, physically, <laughs> figuratively as well. Uh, but uh, I I do have to start by uh, throwing out an apology here. If any of you remember, I think a couple podcasts ago, I gave a shout out to. Uh, um, to a friend of mine who I who I refer to on the pod as somebody who I never thought I had ever seen a basketball game, oh. um, but was an avid listener. And uh, in that take, I since then have been getting a stream of text messages, um, including a couple uh, <laughs> elementary school essays about how. Uh, wow. This this guy wants to be a basketball player when he grows up. Uh, I, I got some. Uh, yeah, quite a bit of memorabilia from his parents' house that was sent uh, pictures. So um, I do want to say uh, this is Joseph Penner, who's owned Steelbridge Coffee, and he did want to say that if anybody w- would like to buy Steelbridge Coffee, he will oh uh, <laughs> he will send a pack of nine of nineties NBA cards if you throw in projecting the jump in the uh, comment section on that. So uh, uh, 
So that's Steelbridge Coffee, and then put projecting the jump to get free basketball cards. And we have some Rashid Wallace bullets cards <laughs> coming our way there, Jamie. Okay, so for so just to be just for a quick tally in the first five minutes of this podcast, it's just turned into a testimonial of things you're looking for forgiveness for. <laughs> you got a sucker punch. <laughs> you've have, you've misread a friend's dedication towards basketball, but maybe we got a sponsor out of it. So. So we'll take it. Yeah, it's things could be turning around for us. <laughs> Nothing else. We have a good connection to Rashid Wallace basketball cards. Exactly. Um, okay, so just uh, today's. I think it's going to be a little loosey goosey. Uh, the listener. Um, so the loose theme we had going um, is New Year's fantasy resolution. So for me um, and Natron, I'm not sure exactly how you kind of approach this, but these are just things, you know, I know you, at one point you'd mentioned on a text, like doing gripes. And so it kind of evolved into just things that we want to see happen. Like the requests that I might have of a head coach of a franchise, um, you know, very reasonable as you'll see there, there's a lot of minutia that, that I'm going to get into. It's not, you know, big stuff, but just like things that seem obvious to me that I'd like to see happen. So this is kind of new year's resolutions, uh, so, Nate, how did you approach, approach this before we get into some of the stuff we got on our list? Yeah, I feel like we kind of came at it the same way. It was kind of n- not necessarily stuff that, uh, you know, like we can control as, as you know, anybody that's uh, rostering players or controlling. It's more just like a, a wish list to a franchise or do certain players as well. Um, kind of just uh, just some things that I think would be would be interesting to see. Nice. I'm curious to see what what uh what you started with. I'm I I do have a guess, and you haven't told me any of this. But I I was even telling some people at work today. I was like, I would bet a large <laughs> amount of money that we are going to talk about Stephen Silas today. Is it is that true? Is that is that a true statement? Stephen Silas was research for this podcast. I watched uh, some clips of him uh, responding to Eric Gordon saying that the team's not progressing. Uh, I was getting into the Rockets rotation, but that that uh, was left on the cutting room floor, actually. Oh, wow. OK. Yeah. So my big my big wish list, my big ticket item. Um, so on December 22nd, uh, when I started researching this, um, my player is Dan Gafford. I want to talk a little bit about Daniel Gafford because mm. I'm o- I'm always looking for the next Nick Claxton, if everybody didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I was looking for the next next big guy. Um so on December 22nd, Porzingis was out with an illness. Um, Gaffer only had three fouls, but he only played 20 minutes. Um, Taj Gibson, who I think is like 47 years old, played 25 minutes. And that just frustrated me to no end at that time. And I was like, can we get Taj Gibson on the heat? Like, can pa- Pat Riley make that happen? I just feel like Taj Gibson belongs on the heat. Um, so that that's a caveat to my to my Gafford thing is I just wish that we could just get Gibson on the Miami Heat where he will stay as a up. as a coach sure uh, I I would like to see him in a I'd like to see him in a polo but I think they're still playing Udonis Aslam uh, NBA minutes so maybe Tosh Gibson could take mm-hmm. those minutes so so yeah, at that time right. at that time as of December twenty second Daniel Gafford uh, was playing fourteen minutes a game um, so you know I was prepared to come on this holiday wish list theme uh, pod here. Uh, and rants about giving Gaff 20 minutes a game. Uh, and apparently Wes Unsell Jr. was digging through my Google Docs uh, because he has miraculously started every game since um, next to Porzingis. So it's a lot more than I was asking for. Um, and it's been fun. Uh, they went on a five-game winning streak once they did that. 
the Wizards won five straight games with Gafford starting next to Porzingis. Um, so in that time, uh, he is the 49th ranked player uh, in nine cat. Wow. Given, right? Yeah. And I'm a Gafford guy, so it doesn't really surprise me, but just him getting those steady 25 minutes a game right around there. He's given you 12.5 points, 6.5 boards, 1.3 dimes, half a steal, 2.3 blocks, which is always going to be the key with him. Only a turnover and a half, shooting 78.6% from the field. And here's the kicker, and I don't know how sticky this is. We could This could be regression. 85.7% uh, from the line on two attempts. So that's kind of wild. Mm. That's kind of wild. Um, his season-long numbers, you know, with that production blended into them, he's only 198th. Um, you know, he was mm -hmm. playing 14 minutes a game, like I said, during that time. Seven points, 4.6 boards. Um 0.6 times 0.4 steals, giving you 1.2 blocks, uh, 40, uh, excuse me, 74.8% field goals and 60% from the line in the same amount of attempts. So, um, yeah, the free, free throw thing, you know, is the only thing I don't really see sticking. But with the Wizards, again, the Kings of pushing for the 10th seed. And I think since we talked about that on the pod, that's kind of started to come true. They rip off the five game winning streak. I think they're going to be very content getting to the play-in tournament. So there's no reason to mm -hmm. think that can't stick rest of the season. I think um, if you're looking for that kind of production, I don't know if Gafford's just a stream blocks player anymore. Ironically, he was just dropped in our league. So um, I'm sure everyone will be running to the wire to pick him up because uh, I have said this. But um, but yeah, what do you think of Gafford? Uh, how do you notice this proje projection jump? Or yeah, pro I was... Production? I mean, I was surprised to see at the beginning of the season he wasn't getting playing time and that that kind of stood out to me and then was kind of thinking like okay i guess he's just going to be when somebody else goes down he's a he's a must-start player but i guess the wizards kind of made this I, I was surprised to see it because it kind of came out of the blue there wasn't any sort of injury promotion that then he stuck around with it just kind of just happened um and you know and i and i, I guess they made the decision to just kind of play their best players rather than crazy um uh yeah i mean i mean kuzma probably should be a four uh but they're playing with a three and it, i guess they're just kind of focusing on playing their playing getting the best five guys on the floor um but it has been pretty surprising for the wizards though mm -hmm. i mean because that i mean that run that you're talking about as far as their wins have come um has happened when gafford's been on the floor and Beal's been out. So it's been, um, it almost feels like, you know, whatever. It's it's five games, crazy right. stuff happens. But it's uh, it's almost like Gafford has a bigger impact on winning than Beal's having for them at the moment. You know, what popped in my head when you said that was I'm thinking like, it's, it's you know, in theory, it's a Twin Towers lineup starting Gafford next to Porzingis. But Porzingis is always spacing the floor. He's always out around the three-point mm -hmm. arc. And Gaffer, you know, lives in the paint. You know, he's so I think of him like a Nick Claxton playing next to a, you know, Durant and Porzingis. As far as the offensive scheme, you're probably scheming similar looks for those dudes. You know, they each have the high post game. So if you think about it like that, maybe it could stick um, just because obviously they're winning games. And maybe this fits not as clunky as it sounds when you think about how Porzingis does play on the floor. Right, yeah, and gets a little bit of the bulk, does some of the dirty work. It's kind of a, a little bit of a Indiana of last year type mm -hmm. of situation. Exactly. Yeah, so just interesting. Always a guy I'm looking at. Um, so I figured I'd come in hard with the thunder on Dan Gaffert. Uh, no pun intended on that. 
Um, <laughs> and I have a feeling we're going to get in this, get into some, uh, am I crazy to say that there might be some players that play for the zombie Sonics we'll be talking about today? Yeah, there is. And, uh, I guess there's no, no point in, uh, in hiding that transition. Um, I do just want to start on a, a quick, a, a very, very quick hit right before I go over. And, and this is, uh, um, what I don't understand. This is my hope for the new year is that, um, I go on ESPN mainly to just like check the scores and the box scores and stuff. And I'm sure you're going to tell me like, Hey, there's a, there's a better way to do this. Like you're, you're just kind of doing it wrong. Like you're doing it like an 80 year old. But uh, my wish for this new year's is um, you click on a game, you know, let's say it's the wizards thunders game. And uh, I click on box score mm-hmm. and I want to see, how many blocks and uh, three pointers and steals I used to be able to just turn my phone and it would show all that to me. But now I have to hit this other button that says <laughs> all stats. box score. Yeah. All stats. Why, what, yeah. why do I need to press that button? Like, I don't know. I don't understand. Like who's just like turn the phone. And like, Oh, now this is a luxuriously space box score. You know, like, it's just like, uh, it reminds me of, uh, you ever see your that Seinfeld episode where Kramer goes down the the interstate and and uh, takes black paint and covers up um, <laughs> it, just to widen the lanes into two lanes, kind of make a luxury lane. That's what it feels like with the what ESPN's <laughs> doing. Like, just give me all the box scores. Like, I well, I don't need right. to press another button. You know, yeah, NBA.com, their app, which is a good app. Love the app. Um, you have to it's all stats you have to hit that and then you have to like scroll along it's like it's like very yes yeah it's like it's very frustrating you know right um, <laughs> we're full gripes just, we're full gripes. Okay. One. <laughs> the name of the podcast is gripes <laughs> right yeah we're, we're here for it you, you, you think we're, we're, we're done no we're just getting started yeah. what well, real quick while um, we're at it you and i have talked about this a yeah. lot yahoo please Put minutes per game. I want to see minutes per game and fouls mm-hmm. on the player stats because when I'm looking to see why one of my players, you know, has their production is just like stopped, it would be, it'd be helpful to not look up another service to see they have five fouls. I would just like to see that on my app, mm-hmm. please. Uh, minutes yeah. per game fouls. Yeah. That's just not hard. That'd be very nice. Yeah, I feel like uh, more information is mm-hmm. almost always better. Really well said. Really well said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but but yeah, speaking of things that you're going to not think are well said, I am going to tr- uh, transition to the Thunder at this mm-hmm. point. Okay, um, we have to. We have to. And I'm here for yeah. it. And and so so my wish for this New Year's is um, for Chip Engel, the uh, the the All Star shooting coach, um, longtime Spurs shooting coach um you know he's the guy that's kind of credited with turning Kawhi's jumper around Dejounte murray into a shooter uh tony parker when he came in the league was a non-shooter he's you know he was a long time spurs coach switched over to the thunder last year which was a pretty shocking and big move to make um trip england right and you're right yeah exactly exactly yeah um so my wish for this year is for him to be able to work his magic a little bit more on uh on Lou Dort the Dortcher Chamber and uh Jalen Williams <laughs> Broncos country let's ride right um i i 
absolutely love both of those players. Uh, I don't know if you've watched many Thunders games. Have you uh, been able to catch Jalen Williams play much? Maybe you haven't been trying quick, to. Quick pause. Quick pause. Um, I'm going to offer a little context, and I'm going to make a confession. Confession. A confession. I'm going to make a confession that's very relevant to the segment. Um, no, I, so I don't watch the zombies, but uh, yesterday there was a three-game slate, uh, and I had an itchy finger, and so I constructed four DFS lineups, and zombies were unavoidable. Shea was out, so I was like, okay, this is just too easy. Trey Mann was a minimum salary player. I was playing on Yahoo Fan- mm-hmm. Yahoo Daily Fantasy, so he was $10, threw him in there. Jalen Williams threw him in there, threw in uh, Kendrick Williams, uh, and I won 43 bucks on a $3 entry. Felt like dirty money, nice. but... Th- this is where I'm at with this. And we don't talk about daily fantasy sports. And, you know, maybe we could if people are interested. I, I do play DFS. Um, they're unavoidable um, because they've got bargain basement salaries. If somebody's out there, they, their usage can just jump these players. So I'm going to be tracking them for the podcast through my use of DFS. I try to avoid them when I can. Uh, I'm not grinding film on them. But yeah, Jalen Williams, he had five steals again today. Um, I'm playing him this week. So I really noticed that. No, that that mm. kid seems like he has a lot of tools in his toolbox. Um, he was a good three point shooter at Santa Clara. I know that. Um, so maybe the shooting will come along. But yeah, they got a lot of interesting young players, and I I'm really curious where we're at with the tank here because yesterday they beat the Celtics without Shea uh, by a bunch. Mm-hmm. They crushed them. Yeah, a healthy Celtics. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, so yeah, I'm tracking some of their younger players for sure. Um, yeah, and I'm interested in yeah. Jalen Williams as a prospect. Yeah, he's looked like the real deal when I've watched him. I mean, he's huge. He's six six. He's got these long arms. He's built. I mean, he's not built like a rookie. He's built thick, um, kind of the same way Lou Dort is built. You know, like a defensive end or a outside linebacker or something. Um, so they got these just kind of these pretty intense guys. And and Jalen Williams. I mean, his his all around game. He's looked pretty heady, uh, pretty polished. He kind of. You know, whatever. I mean, I'm not trying to say he's going to be quiet, but he kind of reminds me of a young mm. Kawhi in that in that mold a little bit. Um, but uh, in mm. any in any case, you know, I'm thinking about their their shooting is kind of was my was my wish list here. Um, and so, you know, last season the Thunder were the worst three point shooting team in the league, um, dead last. That's awesome. Um, so they had no place. No place to go but up. Um, and so, you know, so far, you know, in you can whatever, there's credit in a lot of different spots. But you know, like Josh Giddy, his percentages have have jumped up. You know, I mean, um, uh, you know, last year he shot twenty six percent from three, which was terrible, obviously. This year he's shooting thirty three percent, which is, you know, serviceable. Um we haven't seen that jump from Lou Dort yet. I mean, his, um, who I, who I love, I, I absolutely love Lou Dort. I know, you, you know, but his field goal percentage is, uh, 40% last year, 40% this year, um, three point shooting 33 last year, 33 this year. Um, and Jalen Williams, that's the one element of his game we haven't seen. And you, I know you mentioned his three point shooting in Santa Clara, it has that's the only thing that hasn't translated so far to the right. pros. He's shooting 28%. Um, so I think both those guys have been like streaming level guys. Um, this week, I mean, I know you mentioned you're playing against Jalen Williams and he's going off. Um, but uh, but I'm hoping for 
as just a, as a fantasy guy that's, you know, is who likes these players, you know, is see those percentages bump up a little bit and kind of uh, because the rest of their game is really enticing. Right on. Yeah. No, quick question for you about the zombie Sonics for me over the years. And maybe this has felt uh, exacerbated because I will not roster one in a season long league. It always seems like they have a player that's floating on the wire with like tantalizing upside that I feel like is there too long. Last year, Josh Giddy in multiple leagues was just floating there for long periods of time. And I was just like, can someone pick him up, please? And it felt mm-hmm. the same way to start this week with uh, Jalen Williams. And of course, my opponent got him for the back to back. And I was just like, can somebody else please pick this dude up? Nobody would pick him up. Have you noticed that? Is there just a hesitation because the rotations have been so out of whack? Seems like Jalen Williams is getting solid minutes. It seems like he's getting 30 now. Um, So maybe he's insulated from that. But just as somebody who rosters these players, have you noticed that? They always have like a high upside guy who seems to be available. And what's the hesitation with pulling the trigger over the years on those players? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Jalen Williams' minutes have been ticking up, ticking up the whole season. I mean, he's averaging 27 minutes a night. Uh on the season, but I know it's closer to 30 over the last, you know, week or two weeks. Yeah. Um, but I, I think a lot of it is just those were, it, it is the rotation. I think you nailed it. I mean, it's like how many times have people been burned by Poku? Um, uh, you know, right. he puts out a crazy game and then the next game he gets 12 minutes. And so I feel like it's, it's one thing to, if you, if you're streaming a guy or picking up a, a guy and you see his minutes go from, you know, you, you know, you pick up, you're kind of expecting X and you get 0.75 X and you're like, oh, okay, I was hoping to get, you know, 12 and eight, but, you know, I got nine and seven. Right. Um, but I feel like with the Thunder, everything's boom or bust. You're like, okay, there, there's, I'm hoping for 12 or eight. You're either going to get 20 and 12 or you're going to get two and one. So I feel, I feel like, like there's a, there's a risk reward thing. Uh, yeah, is that that's what I figured. That's what it seems like. Uh, I think Darius Baisley was the king of that for many years until this year, where he's just kind of plateaued. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yeah, he was, you know, you could grab him and get nothing or a lot of something. Speaking speaking yeah. of getting well, nothing. Yes. <laughs> um, from a lot of something uh, that unintended uh, segue describes. Uh, so, so one of my New Year's resolutions is I'm... I'm the GM of the Hornets. I'm Mitch Kupchak, um, and I have a job still. I'm not sure why I have that job, um, but I got the job. Uh, the Hornets, by the way, can I just say, like, I know they put a lot of LaMelo deodorant on their franchise. What the hell are they doing? What are the Charlotte Hornets doing? They are, are a trash franchise, and we will get into that right now. Um, so the, mm-hmm. the Hornets have been collecting and hiding away young bigs in the basement like they think y2k is coming so, you know speaking of the new year uh <laughs> zoomers go ahead and ask siri or google about that um uh so maybe they might want to blow some of the dust off of some of these young bigs and see what they have maybe um so in the time that i first started researching this again steve clifford uh also seems to have hacked some of my show notes because mark williams has since entered the rotation and until i looked into it i didn't realize how out of the rotation he was so Mark Williams, he's a seven-footer from Duke. He was the 15th pick. Take him one spot ahead of A.J. Griffin. Um, Spent most of the season in the G League. Um, So he had played in three games uh, before I went to do this research around Christmas time. Uh, Four minutes per game. 
giving you nothing. I'm not going to read his stats. Uh, but since then, he's entered the rotation, uh, starting on the 26th against the Blazers. Happy Boxing Day. Um, Mark Williams has shown some flashes. Uh, so rim running bigs are kind of my theme right now on this. Um, showing a little bit of that Claxton, Nick Claxton style game. Over his last five games, gotten 14 minutes. That's that's you know really all I'm asking. Give me something. Um, he's giving you nine points, seven point four rebounds, uh, just under a dime, one block, one steal. Great percentages for a big 68 and 73 from the line, not really hurting you. Um, so it's nice to see him get in, in the rotation. Um, so I'm happy about that. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of run through these guys a little quicker just to, to kind of hammer my point home here. Uh Kai Jones, he was taken in 2021. He was the 19th pick. He's a big out of Texas. Um, kind of a rough pick, but they got to see, like, is Kai Jones an NBA player? Because I'll tell you who is an NBA player. Uh, Isaiah Jackson, Quentin Grimes, Bones Highland, uh, even Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Herb Jones. These are all players that were taken within the next 10, 12 picks after Kai Jones. So another home run by Michael Jordan as a GM. Um, mm-hmm. Really no stats to read you. He had... Uh, yeah, he had hasn't played more than three minutes since mid-December. Um, mm. there, there's a player named JT Thor on their roster. He's a big out of Auburn. Um, Great name. Yeah, right? Really cool name. Cool hair. Has kind of that intense dyed hair. But out of all their bigs, um, you know, pr- right around Christmas, you're getting 20 minutes a game out of Nick Richards, who is a, a late second-round pick out of Kentucky. Uh so that's cool. Um, he's played eight total minutes in the two games since New Year's Eve. So just not sure what they're doing with the rotation. They're not sure who these players are. Uh, I wonder if they still have name tags <laughs> in practice. Um, all the while, you got Mason Plumley, the Plum Dog. Shout out Plum Dog. Uh, he's on an expiring contract. He makes just over nine million a game, um, getting twenty-eight minutes a game. I love Mason Plum Dog. This is not a Plum mm-hmm. Dog slander podca- podcast. This is not an anti Mason Plumley podcast. Uh, so my New Year's wish, as Mitch Cub checked, is to just get some more data on these four young bigs, see if they're any good, uh, especially Williams. I'm really interested in Mark Williams. Kai Jones as well. Um, you know, I feel like Plumley, who's given you 10, 9, and 4, um, that could be really valuable on certain contenders. Um, so I just want to see Mason Plumley and his expiring deal shipped off. I want to see the Hornets go for the worst record in the league because their team is total trash. And let's just see which of these four young bigs are, are semi keepers. Let's find out if they're any good because I have no idea. Uh, what say you on any of these players on the Hornets? Mason Plumley, if you're here to defend him, um, that felt good and cathartic for me because it was frustrating going through their roster. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. I what what exactly are they doing <laughs> in Charlotte? Is the question. Um, you know, I I know I laid multiple bets on the under for oh, Charlotte, yeah. so I am hoping for the same uh this outcome here. But it does seem like it makes sense, and I would think or or I would hope, you know, I mean that uh the news this week out of Charlotte with the injuries kind of hitting with Gordon Hayward. Right being down for some period of time and then the big one um and uh, i kind of actually thought i kind of thought we weren't going to talk about him in this podcast but yeah kelly Oubre going down um for multiple weeks uh is i would 
think that this is the ultimate sign that they do need to blow it up. And there's no point in playing a long-term vet uh, over those guys. So yeah, I do. I think any of those guys that are good behind them, probably not, but maybe Mark Williams. I, I don't know. I, I haven't really watched them, but I'm interested in finding out. Um, and you never know. I mean, I feel like some of the, sometimes those, yeah. those guys kind of, uh, they're they're not good, but they're very serviceable for fantasy. Um, exactly. And uh, let's let's hope that we just kind of get some variety in there. Well said. Yes, because this is a fantasy podcast. That is my motive. Get Plumley on a team where his services could be useful in real life. Can help the Hornets. You know, lose some games. I don't think I think they're going to lose either way. Let's just see what we have. Maybe we can get some streams out of some of these young bigs. Just see if they're any good. Because uh, I don't think the Hornets have any idea. Yeah, no, that's a pretty interesting one. You know, I love talking about the Hornets. So, <laughs> do you have? I love a teal. Do you have any bigger names in store than uh, than Nick Richards and JT Thor? If you, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> no, no, I'm about to, <laughs> no, 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 the ones no. I'm about to bring up this next one uh, are going to make those two look like <laughs> a uh, like a Giannis Embiid showdown. Oh God, okay. Um. So my my wish for this New Year's um, is just one game. Uh, this is just slightly fantasy relevant, but I kind of wanted to talk about it. Uh, and this kind of is a meandering uh, thing. So you kind of follow me here as I get to it. Um, so my wish is for one game. And this game is uh, the 76ers versus the Bulls. Okay. Pretty good game, right? Okay. Um but he, this would be the twist. Okay. Um, in this game, the 76ers will not be playing Embiid, Harden, Toby, or Maxi. Or Maxi. And yeah, and the Bulls will all will sit DeRozan, Vooch, and Levine. Or trade them. Uh, and so the yeah. So the 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 game that I would like to see is a high usage score off. Between PJ Tucker and Alex Caruso. Oh my goodness. I thought you were going to say B ball Paul Reed. <laughs> <laughs> if you play DFS, you know the name Paul Reed because well, yeah. or if you're ever, if you ever watch any Sixers games and you watch the like crowd go crazy <laughs> when Paul him. Reed comes in. Yeah. Can Paul Reed get some shine? Okay. So you just want, <laughs> you just want to see the two most like, <laughs> like uncoordinated offensive players go at it. What is this? <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, it's just uh, two guys that just like literally don't don't shoot the ball ever. Uh, PJ Tucker averages three shots a game. He's not fantasy relevant, but it would just be kind of funny to see him right. try to shoot up 20 shots a game. Alex Caruso, though, on a fantasy angle, um, it is frustrating to me. And I do wish that we could at least see him. He shoots four shots a game right now. Um, and he should be fantasy relevant. One of the he best really steal streamers be. out there. If you just need steals well, for a night. One, 1. 1.6 steals a game. That's top 10 in the entire NBA. Right. Um, 2.3 stocks a game. Uh, you know, he shoots 50% from the fields as a, for, for the firm point guard. That's, that's really good. Um, you know, but if he could just, Take a couple more shots. Um, you know, he's only he's not even averaging one three throw attempt a game. So I think uh that is my wish for the year. 
but let's see Alex Caruso and uh, I really just want to watch this game. But, you know, if nothing else, let's see Alex Caruso put up uh, eight shots a game or seven shots a game and uh, find his way as a little bit more than a, a steel stream. Maybe uh, the Bulls could sign Tony Snell to play in that game as well. Oh, <laughs> man, that guy is not good. But he's played on a lot of teams. He did. He, he did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would like to see, just to touch on the Caruso thing, and yeah, again, he is one of the best assists and steals streamer. You know, of course, by streamer, we mean somebody you don't intend to keep. You just pick them up, get the stats you're looking for, and move on accordingly mm-hmm. um he yeah he's a great assistant steel streamer i like to see him on a contender on a team you know that is gonna give him some solid run uh i would love to see the warriors go out and get him just kind of give him the minutes they're giving to guys like ty jerome and you're getting a lot of uh and divincenzo he's a good player but um i think mm-hmm. he'd be, be nice on the on a team like the warriors yeah yeah he would fit he would fit perfect there i mean he's basically a point guard draymond Exactly. Okay, yeah. so uh, this this take is it's not a little stale. It's, it's not that fantasy relevant. <laughs> I think that's a bit of a theme here. What's been the most fantasy relevant thing that we've talked about so far tonight? <laughs> Kai Jones. Jeez. <laughs> um, I just want to see. This is what this is my this is my New Year's resolution. Okay, the Golden State Warriors have righted the ship. That's been cool. With Steph out, I think they had won six games in a row in that game that Clay went off and scored 54 points on the same day that All Donovan Mitchell scored 71. All, All that's that's a, important to note. So you're taking care, <laughs> taking care of business at home. Um, so I would like them to find semi-consistent playing time for what I'm calling the future three um, of mm-hmm. James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. Um, mm-hmm. although Wiseman and Kaminga are now out for at least a week as of today. Um, so either find semi roles for these guys or let's go get Steph Curry this this fifth championship. Go all in. Yeah. You know, make a trade involving at least one of the three, you know, because I think at this point, maybe selling low on Wiseman to a team who thinks they can turn him into Nick Claxton might be. And there's a lot of Claxton talk on this podcast <laughs> from me. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the rap on that. But no, I'm serious. I think out of those three players, uh, Kaminga has the most value. I think I might like Moody the most. Um, so hmm. again, you know, I would just like to see if one if these guys could get 12 minutes a game for fantasy, maybe we could see what we have. You know, especially in a dynasty league, I think Kaminga has a lot of value there. I'm just not sure if anyone knows what they're really sitting on. Um, so for fantasy, I would just like to see these guys get some playing time so we can see what kind of players they are. Um, but also just like as in you know, real basketball terms, um, just, you know, go all in because the West is wide open. I do think the Nuggets are really good um, and probably the favorites right now. But the Warriors is definitely it's there for the taking. So um, just kind of put on your GM hat uh, for a minute. Um, you know, yeah, you're that you're that dashing I, dude, Bob I, Myers here. Great hair. <laughs> yeah, good hair. Shiny. Yeah. So what would you yeah, do? I, if I had Kaminga. I had Kaminga as one of those guys that I was uh, targeting at the end of drafts. Um, and it, it just didn't shake that way. I, you know, I don't have him. Um, he was definitely somebody that I was hoping to take a swing on, you know, in the last pick, second, last pick, thinking that he was going to take a next step. I mean, he had the, he has these games where he just looks the part. I mean, yeah. he has all the tools. So I was really surprised 
in particular to see Kaminga not take on that 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 more substantial role. Um, and I think you're right. I mean, if they're not going to get the minutes and it, their development start, it seems to be a little stunted at this point. So um, Kaminga in particular, I would love to see traded to. I mean, fill in the blank on any of these teams we've talked about so far. Give him 30 minutes a night. I mean, he's going to blow up for a fantasy team. He's going to kind of uh, – um, I, I w- it, the moment he gets traded, I'm going to blow my free agency budget on him. <laughs> Real quick, uh, just thinking on, you know, on the fly here. So one of my favorite they should blow it up, but they probably won't teams are the Chicago Bulls. So – I think if you package Kaminga or if you package, you know, Wiseman and Moody or one of those players in, in a pick, something like that, you could probably pry away a uh, big Vooch. You could Levine has a big contract, but, mm-hmm. you know, I would love to see a player like Vooch on the Warriors. Um, you know, I know mm-hmm. I've talked I've talked about uh, Yaka Pertle maybe. Um, so, yeah, I think the Warriors firing contracts even for Vooch. Which is a nice, which is a nice little touch, yeah. So maybe that lowers the price, but I don't know. The Warriors definitely can have their cake and eat it too if they want, but but you are kind of stunting the growth of these of the future three. But you know they can they can do that. But I would love to see the Warriors go all in, get one of these guys uh, more minutes somewhere else. Agreed. I think I really like that quite a bit. Um, now a team that has that is fully invested in the rebuild. Uh, that I would also like to see a trade for um, just kind of clear things up just a little bit um, is the magic. Uh, um, I think coming into this, the one thing we knew or one thing we thought we knew was that they had a really good front court. They had a bad back court that has proven to be um, even truer than I think we, than anybody thought. Um, I mean, at, at this point, I, I guess what I would like to see my New Year's hope is for the for the Magic to clear up that log jam just a little bit. So, I mean, we're talking about five guys to play two positions right now. Um, obviously, Paolo Bancaro is the future there. I think Wendell Carter is the other one that's locked in there. But, um, but then that kind of le- – uh, well, I was kind of calling him the, uh, the three. But, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, but uh, – but then you have Bull Bull, Mo Wagner, and yeah. Mo Bamba, also all getting minutes. Um, all five of those guys are have over thirty five percent ownership in Yahoo at this point, um, and so and, and all of those guys are are producing at some points, you know. And I think a lot of that's just been because of the injuries have been kind of knocking one or two guys out at a time. Um, but I think, you know, I know we talked about the Mo's on an earlier podcast, um, but I guess I would like just like to see, you know, and I in all. Actually, and now that I'm looking at this, every single one of those guys we just mentioned is currently a top 100 player on Yahoo. Dang. Even Mo Bamba. 92. Damn. Over the last month. So Over the want, last month. You want to clear the front court log jam in Orlando. That is your. New Year's resolution. Yeah, I think, well, because I think that uh, all, those guys have value, and I just would like to see, you know, they're right. kind of just all cutting into each other a little bit. Um, you know, I and I think it'd be good for Orlando. They don't need five 
big guys down there. I think it'd be good for their team. And I think it would just be good to turn one of these streamers into a guy that, that probably carries you and carries you all the way through the playoffs. Realistically. Like what if Mason, what if Mason Plumley was off the Hornets and Mo Bamba was on the Hornets? Mo Bamba would be, he would go to hundred percent owned in like four hours. Right. Yeah, that would that, yeah, would, be that would be a very Orlando trade, right? Um, to do, oh, no, but... no, no, hopefully it's not Plumley that goes there. Just Plumley go, jettison. Oh, okay, Mo Bamba in oh, <laughs> three way, three way, three way type situation there. Okay. Three way, two trades, you know, whatever it takes. But yeah, you, you know what just popped in my head? You had asked me a question in one of our first pods pre draft. Um, that who who would I rather have this year? Davion Mitchell, Cole Anthony, or Bones Highlands? Uh, and it turned out the answer is none of them. <laughs> <laughs> you remember yeah. that? Is Cole Anthony good? He's a chucker. That guy yeah. is a chucker. Uh, he, I think he's under. I think he's a little underrated for fantasy uh, sake, but uh, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy yet this season. True, and he's one of those players where you really like it. It gets to be like it's high calories as far as the percentages and turnovers for what he's giving you this year. Yeah. Wait, a uh, better career. Who are you taking? Um, you know, in ten years, mm-hmm. are you taking Austin Rivers or Cole Anthony? Oh my God, definitely Cole Anthony. That's a cool question. I like it because I think Austin Rivers is a baller in practice and in scrimmage. Like he has, like one on one, he still has moves. Uh, he mm-hmm. just didn't work out in the NBA. Uh, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure he he's a he's a pretty good practice player. But I think Cole Anthony, Cole Anthony's ceiling is Nick Van Exel, you know, somebody who just mm. comes in and gets hot. Um, but hopefully he can accept that role for a good team eventually. So maybe he could be in the Magic's plans. He can be the spark plug off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Magic, one of those teams that's like, which direction are they going? Are they tanking again? Or are they going to go ahead and push for the play? And that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they should tank, but and I think they will tank. But yeah, that's a great question. I have a gripe. Uh, let's okay. gripe it up. Let's gripe. Um, so I've just noticed this year, um, you know, I've been watching a league pass. I've, you know, been watching a lot of games. Um, a lot of teams are clearing the benches way too early this season, just pulling the plug on games that feel winnable. And, you know, that was on my mind. And then I'm watching a game. It was the 26th. The Clippers uh, were playing the Pistons. Uh, Clippers have been pretty notorious for for pulling their guys, but they have a really good bench. So this is a you know mm-hmm. a bit of a con- confusing one. So they're down ten with two minutes to go. They pull everyone. The bench leads a comeback. They force overtime. They bring back in the starters. Uh, I believe they kept Man Terrence Man in the game. They won the game. Um, so that that was <laughs> I just thought it was interesting when they they pull the starters, but they still uh, you know the bench pulls it out and they win the game. But yeah, I just I just want to see teams you know like. And then you got Nick Nurse today. You know, there's nine minutes left. It seemed against the Bucks. It seems like they're dead in the water. And yeah, I wasn't he, watching this game. How far were they down? Oh, they were. It just well for one. I think they had they had definitely had less than fifty points at half. Maybe less than forty. Uh, they just wow. Scotty Barnes for one. He had zero points with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. He finished with nineteen points. Wow. And so that was kind of representative. Of, so the Raptors kind of came alive. But you're sitting and you're like, all right, nurse, like, you know, Fred Van Vliet's flying all around the court. Like, you gotta pull the plug on this thing. You're thinking it. Uh, you know, it was as a fantasy owner, you're worried about the elevated injury risk, but you love the high usage. 
you know, but the real life side, it's like they're they're set they're trapping in the backcourt, flying after balls, you know. So you got to appreciate doing everything you can to win a game and not giving up on games. So I just want to find somewhere in the middle. But I, you know, I've just seen so many games where you know teams are just pulling the plug early. Uh, teams who are trying to win and uh, giving up on games, and it's it's just uh, it's frustrating. So that's that's one of my that's one of my grabs. Yeah, it is. It is interesting to see <laughs> to see those like uh, to see that kind of that that happen. I mean, there you're right. There is some teams that like they'll keep the starters in until. 20 seconds left in the game and then they're like they'll sub in the guys for a token clearing of the benches like just for one possession there and you're kind of like it's 23 points like you're not going to come back right. um i don't know i i guess i in general i kind of think like coaches sometimes keep the starters in there a little too long um but it is nice for fantasy reasons that when you can count on a coach to give your starters minutes come rain or come shine, um, whether they're feeling it, depending on the game, like regardless of the game flow. Um, and I feel like that's one thing with a Thunder. I mean, we were talking about their rotation earlier. I mean, like if the game flow isn't quite working, they'll just play five different guys. Like right. they might start with five five guys and then they're going to play five other guys like because the game flow isn't working. Well, that's a luxury um, of not trying is, to win games as well. Right. That's true. But it's nice to find the coaches that are like, okay, like, yeah, just we're going to ride or die, shoot your way out of the slump or not. Um, And that's, uh, and I I feel like when you're looking at a player, like that team gets a pretty good bump if they're, if they're going to get those consistent minutes game to game. Where do you land on this? It's kind of in the same vein, you know, you got a coach, you get a player, they get three fouls in the first half, or maybe they have four going into the fourth quarter and they bench the player for most, sometimes the whole fourth quarter, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr. is a frequent flyer here. Um, and I'm, you know, Josh Lloyd talks about this a lot, that if you bench your player with four fouls and you just don't play him again, he's one of your best players and, you know, he's playing well enough. Um, you're just kind of fouling him out on your own rather than just mm-hmm. playing it out, you know, using all six fouls. And so that's kind of, that's one of my resolutions too, is like foul outs in general. I, I'm not a huge fan of them. Um, but you know, if let's use all six, you don't, you don't have to bench yeah. one of your best players, play him 18 minutes because he had four fouls halfway through the third quarter. Agreed. Yeah. It's, it's frustrating to see that. It's like, just if they foul out, they foul out. So, I mean, uh, Vanderbilt is another one I would throw in with with JJJ as well. He's always in foul trouble, but then the coach never allows him to quite foul out. So um, I think that's a good one. Um, So I got, I got one last one here uh, for you, for for you flying J. And that is uh, uh, my wish list for this year is, to see these rookies burst through this this rookie wall, which seems to be December for them. It's a good one. Um, and you know, I think I, I you know I just kind of picked three of the guys who I thought have been the three rookie stars so far for the season. Um, and so we have Jaden Ivy, who in October 
was shooting 46% from the field in December, uh, dropped down to 40.9. Benedict Matherin shot 45.6% from the field in October. December, that dropped down to 39.1. Paolo Bancaro, November, 47.7. December, 40.7. So it seems like it just... It's probably just coincidence or whatever it is, but these rookies are kind of, uh, for the most part, just kind of hitting a little bit of a rookie wall. Um, and so it kind of, I kind of wanted to lead into a question for you here, mm. um, which is with, with young players like this, you know, first year, second year guys, when you don't have a long track record to deal with, you know, I mean, like obviously if you have a CJ McCollum, you know, you're like, okay, he shoots 39% from three. He's been in the league for 10 years. You know what he is. Um, but with these younger guys, when you're still trying to figure out what kind of player are they, and they go through these slumps like this, I guess, are you, are you in general buying the dip? I mean, are you kind of thinking like, okay, this is the rookie wall. I can get this player for really cheap. They're a young guy. I'm going to see surplus value down the line, or are you waiting a little bit more for proof of concept uh, to see like, okay, is this, this, this player actually good or, or not? This is an awesome question. And I feel like it's particularly relevant that last year as well, but this year in particular, the rookies have been perplexing. Um, They've been all over the shop. Um, I definitely think it depends how deep your league is. Uh, where you are in the standings, uh, where that rookie is hurting you. Is that something you can tolerate depending on where you're at in the standings and how the rest of your roster looks? Um, You know, Jabari Smith Jr. I've talked about on this podcast quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty high on him. Um, He's had some ups and downs. He's kind of bounced all over our league's waiver wire. I've picked him up and dropped him numerous times. If our rosters, you know, were a little little deeper, um, I probably would hold. Uh, but you know, with our league being, you know, uh, fairly shallow compared to like a public league has slightly deeper benches, starts two centers. Um, he's kind of on the fringes. Benedict Matherin, uh, for me as well is, is a fringe player. Um, you want for, I would, I'd like to give them longer ropes than, you know, like a fringe, uh, glue guy role player type where we know what the upside looks like, because when that upside hits, it hurts when you know you have that player and then you're streaming through that spot um, when you, you know, you could have had a top, whatever 60, 80 guy for the second half of the season. I think it's a delicate balance, but it's, I always perceive with a little more caution with a high pedigree rookie whose minutes are stable. Matherin's minutes are stable. Jabari's minutes are stable. Um, Mm -hmm. Ivy's minutes are stable. So Mm -hmm. sometimes they can waver towards a luxury hold. Um, and it just depends where you're at in the standings in general, you want to give, I like to give those players a much longer rope if I, if I can. Um, but this, this year has been interesting. Uh, Matherin in particular, you know, I was watching him today and we praised him a little bit on this pod for, he's just tenacious getting into the paint, 
driving, uh, you know, ferociously. So towards the end of the game, he had a couple of drives that actually were a little reckless out of the flow of the offense. Uh, one of them, he just didn't get all the way to the cup, kind of lost control of the ball. And then towards the end of the game, he actually was blocked by James Harden, who had just missed two free throws at the end of overtime. And Matherin just got stuffed by Harden, who came from the weak wow. side and just because he just had tunnel vision. He had some rookie. I felt like a rookie tunnel vision mm-hmm. where he's like, I'm explosive. I'm getting to the cup. And he just locked in and Harden came and just tapped that ball away. Uh, and, you know, the Pacers lost that game in overtime. Um so, yeah, I think the rookie wall is re- is real, and you don't want to be losing games just because you might have a top 80 player um, like a Matherin or an Ivy. So, you know, it re- I think it really depends. But this year, it's been a little rough with the rookies at times, as far from my vantage point. Yeah. Yeah, it's – that's one I've been curious about. I mean, because, like, those guys – all I mean, all of those guys w- were providing just – giant surplus value for so long and i think they probably still are you know based off of their adp um but the last couple weeks i mean if you say owned or i mean if you man you know rostered multiple of those guys you're probably losing those weeks um so it's i don't know i i think that was that was a curious one for me and i mean if is what the patience level is, you know, with uh, with these unknowns. There, there's been a times for me this season where I was afraid to drop Tari Eason, for instance, because I love his upside. But the the league's too deep at this point, too. You know, like to be rostering a player whose minutes are fluctuating because they have tantalizing unknown upside. But it's just like mm-hmm. the league's just deeper, you know. So there's just more production. There's more stats to be had. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's more of those upside players out there as well. Um, like, and I feel like if you if you miss out on one, you know, like I mean, I feel like every single season you have those. I mean, I'm sure everybody right now who's listening can think of one or two guys that they thought about, you know, or waited a couple of days and missed out on. You know, I have a couple guys in my head immediately, but like um but there's going to be more of those too. Sure. So I think that it's not these uh, one and done. Oh, you missed out on this situation, sure. which I really feel like we used to see in the past. You know, I feel like there was there were seasons in the past where there would be the first couple weeks of the season where you had to like you you mm. would pick up these guys that blew up the first totally. one or two weeks exactly, and then after that. You, you made your moves first couple of weeks. And after that, it was just streaming. It was just streaming and finessing. And that was it. And I feel like it's a little bit different right now. I do too. You know, even going back to the first year I played fantasy, I remember it was, you know, I, it was Northwest slam and jam. And I, and I won the title that year. My Steph Curry was my, my first pick fourth overall pick and my waiver wire darling. It was the rookie year of um, Michael Carter Williams and for the Sixers that year, he oh, was yeah. crazy. He was like a triple rookie double of rookie of the year, like two point seven steals. And there, there. Ha- so it was one of those players where, like, no, he was on nobody's radar. Whoever bashed that button after that first game, and I picked him up after his first game. He had a triple double <laughs> his first game, and like it made a huge difference. There wasn't a rookie like that this year. That like he wasn't quite on your radar. And if you swooped him, like it really hmm. upped your team in a way that you couldn't have anticipated coming out of your draft. There wasn't anyone like that this year. Yeah, true. 
True. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we thought, we thought maybe Benedict Matherin was that for a minute. Um, but, uh, but he's looking a little bit more like, a just a points point yeah. streamer, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that is, uh, that's all I have for our, for our new year's resolution pod. Um, anything you want to hit while you, while you have me here? No, that's it. Yeah, that's, uh, that's that's pretty much it. I I'm gonna finish with just a a plea to the Cleveland Cavaliers to <laughs> please trade for a small forward. Um, I promise to roster whoever you trade for. Um, but that would be my last New Year's resolution. That would be the slickest uh fantasy proposition, just to get to get anybody in there to get a Jay Crowder, get a Gordon Hayward, a Denny Adnava. Get a, a Kuzma. Anybody. Is this related to some futures bet you have on the Cavs? Or just you want to see no, the roster fold out? I just, yeah. Well, I just want to, I just think that you could put a a bit player in there. And you could put a guy that's like not even on streaming radar right now. And he'd be a locked in player. I had no idea Karis Levert sucked. Until I knew. Yeah, I've thought that for a long time i mean he's whatever he's just a shoot first guy well he was fun on those nets teams he's just one of those players he's a lot like kelly Ubre. may you rest in peace yes but he can masquerade as a go-to score and we all kind of salivate over over the points and the trickle of assists and rebounds or whatever uh you know you can't shoot like kelly he doesn't look like kelly um <laughs> yeah, no. <And> <laughs> Kelly's pretty sexy. This is beautiful. I, you know, how I know it's the end of this podcast because we're ending glorifying Kelly Oubre Jr. right now. <laughs> this is the one podcast that I was like, "Well, we're certainly not talking about Kelly Oubre tonight." You know, I I posted uh, our last podcast just on my personal Facebook, and just I guess they have this little story feature where you can like, you know, so I'd never used it. So I needed to come up with a picture. So I searched Kelly Oubre and I found him in like a black wife beater. I don't know if that's a current term, but you know, one of those tank tops. And he was mm-hmm. like just in a pickup game and he, just, he was just looking saucy, just looking bossy. And I just I just posted like new projecting the jump drop, like link on page. And it was just like, okay, Kelly Oubre, like maybe uh, if we could get a silhouette of just like Oubre, just like, like you know, as maybe a, you know. Wait. Are you are you saying you're saying Kelly Oubre silhouette is going to be our jump man? That would be good. It's basically it, it's the uh, it's our oh. logo. Okay, I have an idea. Uh, we need to come. We actually need to make a compilation of all the times we've talked about Kelly Oubre and get it to Kelly Oubre because he's never received anything like that. Maybe oh. he wants to hear about how he masquerades as a go-to scorer from a couple of dudes in Oregon. There's a lot of positive Kelly Oubre talk. There's good this. talk. Yeah. 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 Uh, some apologies. I mean, I apologize to him. All right. Well, this was fun. I'm glad we, we got, we got around to it. Um, and we will, uh, I'd say we'll be back to you around this time next week. Sounds fair. Well, happy new year's everybody that's listening. And, uh, uh, and I hope my new year's resolutions to all of you is uh, you in this week. Except for whoever the asshole I'm playing is right now. Fuck you. Something. That's nice at the end. Okay. All right. So for Natron Clean, who was holding a giant glass of red wine, and when we started, he was having some mezcal. Um, I'm just crushing a polar. Um, this is Flying J, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. Peace.